to another episode of the Appalachian Agorist, uh, first one of 2022. And I don't even know what episode it is, honestly, I forget. But we took a nice little break for the holidays, and then uh, we were planning on doing some uh, permaculture stuff when we came back. Um, but we got hit by a, would you call it massive? Significant. I'd say significant winter storm. I would say because of the like short uh, interval of time that it occurred, I would definitely say it was significant. Yeah. So on Monday morning at six o'clock, um, we knew weather was coming in Sunday, but on Monday morning, um, around six o'clock, I was leaving for work, um, and it had just kind of begun, I think. And if I sniffle, I apologize. Um, kind of been, (laughs) we've been going through it, but anyway, uh, so at six o'clock I left for work and about like 15 minutes into my drive, I had made it you know, a pretty good ways because it had just started. And then it just started coming down like faster than, you know, you can really keep up with it. It was coming down. And so I called one of our coworkers and I was like, Hey man, I don't think this is a good idea. We should probably just call it for the day. Maybe come back tomorrow. Like I didn't think it was going to be anything significant. Uh, so I turn around and the way I came was already impassable just because the, 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 the grade of one of the Hills. So I had to go all the way around, which should have taken about 20 minutes. It took me about an hour. And, uh, by the time I got home at around seven 15, there was about four inches of snow on the ground, nothing crazy. And, uh, what ensued was, uh, we got about 12 inches total uh, from where y'all are at. Yeah, from 6 to 10.30, it dumped about 12 inches um, of snow, knocked the power out. My county was 85% without power. Uh, The neighboring county was over 95% without power. The area we live in, uh, immediately around my house, I I live in a, a really big patch of hardwoods, but the driveway and all the roads is all uh, softwoods like pine and cedar. And they snapped all the pines and sneers snapped power poles were breaking plow trucks were trying to get out. They didn't treat the roads at all. Thanks government. Um, Plows were catching low hanging lines. I watched a plow rip two fucking power poles out of the ground, like snap them off at ground level. (laughs) Um, the roads were fucking impassable for the most part. Like I had, uh, we'll get into, to everything, but long story short, that's what's been going on. And it was a really, really good test for our preparedness level. Um, and I think it might've opened some people's eyes to just how unprepared they are. Um, so, I mean, do you want to paint the picture of what it was like in your county? Because I know I, I didn't see your county until yesterday when I went to go bail a buddy out of a bad spot. 
Yeah, I mean, I was I was thoroughly surprised, honestly, at the lack of preparation um, on the county's part. Now, I will say, like, I'm not one that blames the county for that. I think that the individual should be prepared to not have to go out in that in those kind of conditions. And I'm sure we'll talk about the the incident on, on 95 at some point today. But um, yeah, it was bad, dude. Like major roads were, they were not good. I mean, I, I'll, I'll, I'll share my, my side of it. So I woke up, I probably have a double the drive you do to work. So I woke up at like easily. Four, yeah. yeah. 445. Um, the ground was wet and uh, there was no snow. And I was like, okay, it was, you know, it had been 60 degrees the two days prior. I was like, it's not going to do anything. So I go back and to that, bed. Yeah, that's what I thought. Because yeah. it, it had literally yeah. been like 60, almost 70 degrees. And uh, I was like, ah, whatever. It's not going to stick. Yep. So I, I go back to bed. I get up at 530, which is still a little earlier than I would have needed to get up. I look, and it's now snowing. So I'm like, okay, you know, I still don't think it's going to stick. It hasn't done anything all night. We'll probably be fine. By the time I left my apartment at like 6.15, it was coming down. It was heavy. Like, it wasn't just like, you know, nice little snow. It was heavy, and it was sticking. And I probably got... I don't know, maybe five, ten miles from the apartment. And, you know, I was obviously in contact with you about why we were even doing this in the first place. <laughs> yeah, but dude, I got to a point where there was I was on like a, a like a back road, and it was pretty much like I wasn't going to be able to pass it. it I, I turned around and came home, and every every like five minutes that went by, like it was getting heavier and heavier. Um, probably some of the heaviest snow I'd seen, and definitely like the quickest I've ever seen it uh, accumulate on the ground, especially for how warm it was. Um, but yeah, so where I live, I mean, obviously I don't think anyone in this, in the area that was affected was prepared. I don't think any County did, did well. Um, it was a while before plows and, you know, salt trucks were out there. Um, where I live is, uh, it's in the middle of a fairly populated County. Um, so I never lost power. If I did, it was while I was sleeping or, or for in a small period of time. Um, but had I lost I thought, power, I, what's that? I thought you did lose power. I did for for a very short amount of time. Um, but it was like I didn't even – the only way I knew was because the oven was – the timer was off on the oven. Oh. Um, yeah. So I, I, what I, what I meant was like – I wasn't actively using anything electric, so I had no idea that I didn't have power. Um, it was probably when I got home and went back to sleep during that, like, 6 a.m. to, like, 9 a.m. period, I probably lost power. Um, okay. But, but there's no, like, overhead power lines. There's no, you know, basically, like, where I'm at, I wasn't really affected. And had I been, I still had uh, propane uh, gas fireplace. So, okay. Um, yeah, yeah, I was. So, yeah, we experienced I, very two different sides of this uh, store for sure. Yeah, I definitely didn't have that. I um. So Monday, um, once I got home. 
I was like, okay, it's obviously sticking. I need to start maintaining the road because the state doesn't maintain our road. So I fired up the tractor and I made a couple passes and I only have a five or a six foot angle blade. I think it's, I think it's six. I think it is six. Gotta be six. Yeah, it's gotta be. It can't be a five and it's definitely not a four. Um, but whatever it is, I can't do the entire road in one pass. I have to do one side and then the other. Um, and so I went down one way and as I came back, I was like, holy shit, it's already fucking covered again. And the time it took me to drag my, my, my plow, yeah, my angle blade from my house to the, to the street, um, it had recovered. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, I'm going to be out here doing this all day. <laughs> and so I plowed for about uh, two hours. And then for a story that we'll get into on the post show, I, my Monday was interrupted and everything that I could have done to prepare and actually, uh, you know, set myself up for a little bit of an easier time, uh, for what would be three days without power when the power went out. Cause the power didn't go out when I was plowing the road. Um, but anyway, everything I could have done got derailed and, uh, we're, we'll get into that in the post show. Um, so the power ended up going out on Monday um, around 9 a.m., I think. Yeah, it was around 9. And I didn't get back home until 3.30. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, it was about 9.30 when the power went out because I left at 9.30, and it went out, like, right after I left. And when I came out in my company truck at 9.30... I was barreling through trees, like just, you know, punching the fucking truck through, making a hole. Uh, trees were coming down. I was running over trees, running over power lines. There were probably no less than um, maybe 15 or 20 cars just totally in the ditch, spun out, people stranded, a uh, bunch of fucking good old boys trying to rip their bumpers off to get these people out. There's bumpers laying on the side of the road, fucking plow trucks in the ditch. Like it was a, it was chaotic as all hell. And not to mention like all these pine and cedar trees are like literally laid across the road, hung up on each other. Some spots there's five, six trees. Um, that are all just blocking the road and you know they're from five inches to freaking 20 inches in diameter and when i left uh i had to deliver my work truck and i was like let me get all my stuff out of my work truck and i was like you know what i'm bringing a chainsaw i'm not leaving my chainsaw and so i i was like let me refuel it get the bar oil full and we'll go out. Well, I ended up using all that fuel and didn't bring extra because it was supposed to be a very quick trip, but it ended up not being a very quick trip. 
So Monday, when I got home, I finished, uh, I was, I had to walk home long story short, long story in the post show, but I walk home. Um, and as I'm walking up the driveway with my chainsaw, I'm like, holy shit. Like there's trees down everywhere. The snow's like up to my upper, like just below my knee. Um, and I was like, I'm going to have a hell of a time getting out. And Monday was pretty much a shot day for me. Like I didn't really get much of anything done. And honestly, once the power went out, the days kind of blurred together. So some of the story may be like a little discombobulated, but um, Tuesday uh, was really my first day that I really got to get anything done. So Monday I got home and there's no power. The house is starting to cool down. We have a lot of windows in our living space. So like I'm covering the windows, covering the doors, sealing that off, putting partitions up to try and keep one area of the house warm, lighting candles. And, uh, I went and grabbed like my backpacking slash go bag slash whatever you want to call it. It's just where I keep all my outdoor stuff in the shop. And, um, you know, luckily I have ever since the IKC trip when I almost got caught with my pants down, I've go, been going through there and like making sure all my shit's good to go. So I got my lanterns out and all my emergency lights that, you know, weren't in the house, but were in the bag. Um, got some water filtration uh, set up and everyone was pretty much caught completely with their pants down like everyone, government, private citizens, like companies, no one was ready for this, not the power company, not nobody. And uh, Tuesday was like when I kind of got things off the ground. Um, You know, I had some things in place that honestly saved my ass. And um So this episode will be all about what I learned, what Rob picked up on. Uh, I honestly thought you had gone without power. So I guess you picked up on it through me and just observation of other people. But we'll talk about that. Um, And then the actual stories we'll get into in the post show. But uh, I'll kick it off by saying I've deduced in my mind there were three kinds of people in this storm. There were the ones who uh, quit and I shame on them. Like, and when I say quit, what I mean is like, you were caught so unprepared that your best option was abandon your home, but abandon all your precious belongings and go get a motel or a hotel room. And there's people that are still doing that. Cause like power is still, out from a lot of people. I don't know why mine came on so early. Uh, honestly, I expected us to be out for a week. So, um, that was the first kind of people. The second kind of people were the ones that were like, we'll try and stick it out. Or they just hung it up and they said, fuck it. You know, my, my parents have power. I'm going with them. And you quit too, if that was you. So, Congratulations on those two kinds of people that I view as quitters. Um, and people that if this were like 
a dire situation, you would either become somebody else's target of opportunity or dead. So good on you. Round of applause for all those people. Um, And then there's the third people, the third kind of person that stuck it out, whether they did great or did horrible, they made it work. And I'm hoping that those who didn't do so great um, learn and do better next time and don't become a quitter and say, yeah, next time I'm just going to go go get a hotel. Like I, I don't believe that is the answer. You know, that may be the answer if you, uh, if it's very short term, but if anything, this has shown me how fragile, uh, our way of life can be like, especially I know there's people in the North that are like 12 inches of snow. We get that in like on a daily basis and I get it, but you also got to understand like, we don't like, I'm sure if, you know, you had a heat wave of a hundred degrees for two months in the summer, you'd want to fucking hang yourself. Well, that's our summer. Our winters are typically not this bad and this is abnormal for us. So cut us some slack. We're not from Yankee land. We're from, you know, the nice place of the world. Anyway. Um, so yeah, to kick it off, some of the things I learned, uh, Anyone who knows me knows I am huge on rainwater collection and it saved my ass. It truly saved my ass this go around. Uh, When the power went out, I had one IBC container that clocks out at 330 gallons full. And I had one that was uh, clocks out at 250 and it was almost full. If it had not been for the rainwater, it would have really fucking sucked. Like, I don't want to be melting a gallon of snow to drink one glass of water. That's just not how I want to be. And honestly, just having the water to like wash your hands, flush toilets, uh, rinse off dishes. Um, you know, we have water in reserve that is specifically for drinking. So that wasn't a main issue, but I also have, uh, numerous life straws and like off-grid backpacking water filtration that's good for thousands of liters of water. Like I knew we would be fine, um, but that was definitely a good plus for me. Like the rainwater and roof runoff, I set that up first. And when I did, the reason I approached it is, you know, that's what's going to kill you first in like a quote unquote survival scenario. Lack of water is brutal, especially when you add in the fact that I was working from daylight to dust just to get the fuck out of my road. Like I, I burned through so much chainsaw fuel and thank God I had chainsaw fuel, you know, stored up and just, just in case. Um, had plenty of bar oil and I burned through not even close to all of it, but like I burned through a significant amount just getting out of, out of my house. So the rainwater was huge for me. Um, you know, I'm not going to say like we would have died without it cause we wouldn't have, we would have just tried to get to the store and bought water, but it was really nice that we didn't have to risk our safety driving on the road or our vehicles. We didn't have to risk that stuff just to get water. Um, so that was huge for me. 
Um, I will say like, I'm definitely going to start looking at a Berkey. I've, I, I have been looking at a Berkey water filter. I mean, it's just, they are slightly expensive and I have a filtration system already, but for an extended amount of time, um, I would like to have that Berkey just in the box or ready to go in case something happened. Yeah, I think, uh, honestly, I think you hit it on the head with, you know, not having to, to leave to go out to get the essentials, you know. I think that is probably the number one thing that you should be avoiding in these types of scenarios. And, and uh, I, like, people, like, they just don't think about it, and they're just like, oh, well, I'll just go out and get stuff when it happens, and that's not how it works because it's either, A, you can't get to these places, or, B, it's all sold out. Like, you know. Yeah. So it's like Dude. people that try to find a shovel <laughs> the day after it snows. Like, bro, like, you should have a shovel beforehand. Like, you're not going to find one after it snows. Yeah. And, you know, that's the perfect segue into Tuesday because I was also in that boat. Like, I was caught with my fucking pants down, and I was like, how many months, even on the podcast, for how many months have I been saying I'm going to buy a generator? Yeah, it's been like a year, a year and a half. I don't even know how long I've wanted to get a generator. Well, I didn't have one. And after I cleared everything out Tuesday, uh, my wife and I went to town. And this is probably a good time to talk about what we put in our vehicle when we traveled and we can probably touch on 95. Um, So I didn't have any idea what happened on 95. When we lost power, I live in a place with no cell service at all. Um, Every now and again for about two days, once out of those two days, I would get a massive inbox of text from people like Rob, and um, I couldn't send anything back. Like, I just couldn't communicate. I had no way to communicate at all, Um, which is another issue in itself, but we'll circle back to that. Um, When you want to talk about 95 real quick, and then I'll explain what we did. Sure. Um, So I haven't really read a lot since the initial reports and everything, but essentially what happened was – it got so bad in such a like short amount of time with, you know, 95 being the most populated road on the East coast. So essentially what happened was it became a log jam and people were stuck out there for well over 16 hours. I think, you know, some to over 24 hours at, 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 a, at minimum. Um, I know there's the, like the Senator, Tim Kane, I know he was stuck for like 27 hours. Good. Um, yeah, so, sympathies for him. <laughs> um, but yeah, I and I wanted to mention this today because I was reading some more about it last night, and I guess our idiot uh, governor, at least for a couple more days, came out and essentially like blamed the drivers <laughs> for being on the roads. And, of course, the initial reaction was, oh, my God, how could you possibly blame the drivers? Like, you know, 
what like you weren't prepared at all like the government should have done this yeah <laughs> the government should have done this or that and i'm like y'all are just you're missing the point like if you and, and i can when every time i'm out i hear people talking about it I'm like oh like this county should have done that or like you know our tax dollars should have, you know, had them better prepared. And it's like, if you ex- actually expect the government to fix anything like this, then you're, you're too far gone. Like, it's, it, it made me furious that people were, like, getting upset that he essentially called people on their stupidity. They, everybody on the road, on 95 that morning, made the conscious decision, us included. We were on 95, but we were on the roads, albeit for a short period of time made the conscious decision to get up knowing what the weather reports were knowing what the weather was at the time you left and then actually getting on the roads. I mean, Ralph Northam wasn't out here holding a gun to people's heads saying get on 95 in the middle of the snowstorm. Like people made that decision and they made it being unprepared in probably like, you know, vehicles that shouldn't be on the road in those conditions with no water, no food, and I doubt the average person even has, like, you know, blankets, jackets, gloves, hats, you know, stowed in their vehicle somewhere. Um, it's just absurd to me how, like, people got butthurt that he called, you know, everyone on their stupidity. But, like I said, you know, no one made everybody decide to go to work that morning. Like, they yeah. made the decision as a free individual. You, it goes back to the whole, like, you know, most people say they want to be free. They were they, they were free to make, yeah they were made, they were free to make the decision to go or not go to work that morning and the ones that did like yeah it sucked you were out there for a long time but and you know obviously I'm not saying that everyone has to be prepared to, to sit on the interstate for 24 hours like I don't prepare for that because I don't ever plan to be in that situation but if you're driving you know. If you're going to make that drive and that's your daily drive, you have to plan for stuff like that, especially when you decide to drive and, you know, well, predicted what, like five to 10 inches of snow. Like, it's just, yeah, that just blew my mind last night that people were so butthurt. It's like, it's not, it's not his fault. Like, yeah, they, the government probably could have been a little more prepared, but you know, that really wasn't going to affect a whole lot. It's a lot of fucking snow. Yeah. And to contrast that, like, when I went out in my truck Tuesday morning, it was nine degrees. Like, it was fucking cold. And once again, to all you northern people in the south, that is fucking cold. So <laughs> I was like, damn, okay, I'm running to town. Like, I'm not even getting on an interstate. Like, I am traveling nothing but back roads and... That's pretty much it. Like maybe I ended up getting on 15, which is it's a two lane, one each way thoroughfare, more or less. It's nothing crazy. It's just a, a well-maintained travel way, typically. And before I left, I was like, I asked my wife if she was coming with me and she said, yeah, she's coming with me. We both put on long johns, wool socks, a pair of pants um, and insulated bibs for the bottom. The top was long sleeve, long John base layer, fleece jacket over top, 
and then a no shit like work jacket, like a heavy Carhartt jacket, not like a, uh, oh, this is my stylish, like, no, like a fucking heavy jacket. And so, um, and then obviously I never leave without a ball cap on and I brought a beanie. That's just what I had on my body. In my truck, I always keep a change of clothes. I always keep a way to start a fire, and I always keep water. That's what's in my truck. Before we left, I put in more water, um, some snacks. I wasn't too worried about food. Um, And obviously, I put in a chainsaw, three one-gallon containers, so I guess three gallons of fuel for the saw and two gallons of bar oil. I put in 200 feet of braided nylon life safety rope. Um, I put in chains, come along, uh, shovel, dig bar, sledgehammer, and a second shovel because my, if we got stuck, my wife wasn't getting out of digging. (laughs) Um, and that's a lot of shit, but you shouldn't get yourself in too much trouble that you can't get yourself out with that equipment. Like if you, the rope, so my plan of action with all that stuff is the chainsaw is obviously for cutting trees, but if you lift a tire off the ground, uh, you're going to need to put something under it to get traction to that tire, to get power to the other side of your vehicle with an open differential. So in the past, I've cut limbs down and shoved them under the tire to make artificial, to make up for that space so that I get traction to all four wheels. Um, Not to mention my truck is four-wheel drive and I have a rear locker. And if you don't have a rear locker in your vehicle and you have like a Jeep or something, you should really look at getting at least a rear locker. Um, A locking differential is game changing. Um, I used to off-road for years with uh, a Jeep club I kind of ran. And um, lockers changed my view of a vehicle entirely to now where if a truck doesn't have a locker, I'm not buying it. Or I got to put one in, one or the other. Um, but so that was kind of what I brought, um, the dig bar and the sledgehammer. Um, if you drive a picket at a 45 degree angle, and I think it's in class D soil, if you want to get specific, it doesn't fucking matter. If you drive a picket into the ground with a sledgehammer and it's three feet down, that picket will support according to the fire department, which is way underrated, 700 pounds. That's way, 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 way less than what it'll support. So worst case scenario, if I'm stuck in the middle of a fucking field, I can take that dig bar and drive it down and use it as an anchor to pull myself out. Now, I may not get that dig bar back, but at least I'm not stuck. Um, There are some better alternatives. You know, a winch would be awesome. They make portable winch anchors for that kind of stuff. Um, I don't have a winch on my truck. Um, I'm kind of beyond that. And that's why I brought the come along. So the come along is only 14 feet long, but if I tie, you know, a bowl in around a tree, 150 feet away, 
and then tie a uh, an inline figure eight or some sort of figure eight knot on the other end, I can use my come along and essentially just extend my come along 150 feet. Um, and with static versus dynamic rope, uh, it's static, so it doesn't stretch. Um, but I don't want to get too down into the weeds. That's just what I went with um, for a trip to town. So if you're going to get on a major interstate, uh, you know, think ahead. Don't, don't be like those people. Like, I can't believe people were stuck for 24 hours. Like, I can't believe that. Yeah. I'm like shocked. And I didn't even hear about it until like I got in contact with you on a fluke spike of signal. I was like, oh, I have service. And you called and I was like, hey, has the world gone to shit? Has the government finally collapsed? No? <laughs> Damn it. Okay. Yeah, I, I actually heard it in the Discord first. People were talking about like 95 drivers being stupid. And I was like, yeah, that sounds about right. Like, you know, nothing new there. And then a couple hours later, my fiance showed me an article that was like people were stuck out there. I was like, oh, shit. That's different. Yeah. But. Yeah, I di- I couldn't get on Discord. Like, I couldn't get on anything. My communication was completely interrupted. And uh, but, I mean, these people were were driving to their you know cushy, probably government jobs. They were probably wearing their you know suit and <laughs> their cat nice attire. <laughs> yeah, they they weren't wearing you know s- stuff to be able to you know keep warm. That I guarantee they didn't have any you know spare clothing, any jackets you know, reserve clothing. Um, obviously, you know, maybe they have, maybe have a small bit of food if they bring their lunch, um, but probably not nearly enough water. Um, yeah, and, and this is all shit that you should have in your vehicle all the time. And probably, and probably running on fucking quarter of a tank or something. That was, yeah, that was my other point too, is like, you know, they probably didn't fill up knowing that a storm was coming, you know. Like, if, if, if they ever predict five to eight inches, I'm filling my truck up that then before it even comes. Yeah. And truth be told, I was caught sleeping hard, harder than ever. And I'll be honest for how hard it caught me off guard. I feel like I did really fucking well. So like I didn't fill my truck up and everyone's going to be like, Cody didn't fill his truck up. Okay. I have damn near a 40 gallon tank in my truck. My work truck had a quarter of a tank and I have a transfer tank on the back of my work truck. So let's not get too carried away. I wasn't like out of fuel. Um, my personal vehicle had about 20 gallons of fuel in it, which is more than most vehicles even hold. So yeah. like, it's not like I was low. I was just low by my standards. I didn't have 38 gallons like I normally do. So when I went out Tuesday, I, uh, I was like, okay, what do I need? And I went into the shop and I keep gas in the shop. I just do. And I was like, okay, I need uh, fuel in my truck. I'm going anyway. Let me see if I need uh, to fill up any gas cans. And I didn't really. I had like uh, a two gallon or two and a half gallon and a one gallon that were empty. And I was like, okay, well, I'll take them anyway, you know. It's not like a panic buy. It's just like, well, three gallons, you're leaving it on the table. Like, why? Just take it, mm-hmm. fill it up. Yep. Um, so Tuesday morning when my wife and I went out, 
Uh, we got fuel. Most of the vehicles never made it off of the road they live on. That It looked like that. You know what I mean? Like there were just too many cars on the side of the road. The, uh, the big thing that was getting us was we were getting cold. Well, my wife was getting cold. I really wasn't getting cold. Um, but my wife was getting really cold, and the house was at like 48 when we woke up on Tuesday. Um, yeah, dude, it dropped really, really fast. Um, then I was like, okay, we're the first ones out. Let's, uh, let's see if we can just, by a stroke of luck, find a generator because I didn't have one. So I, I knew Lowe's was out, but I called them. They said they were out. I called Tractor Supply. Tractor Supply didn't even have power. The other Tractor Supply didn't even open up. Not that I really blame them, but, you know, wow. it is what it is. Um, I called Harbor Freight, and Harbor Freight was like, yeah, we've got five left, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, I'm on my way. I was only about 20 minutes away when I called them. By the time I got there, they were out. And I was like, well, no gen- generator this go-round. It's not the end of the world. It's not like I'm going to be powering the entire house anyway. Like, I was just looking for a generator to get some creature comforts going. And uh, my wife had the idea, because I don't have Facebook, um, but she does. And she said, I'm going to check Facebook Marketplace. So she did. And she said, hey, I found a generator for $400. And I said, yeah, what is it, like 20 watts? And, and um, she said, no, it's a Predator uh, 3,500 running watts. Is that big enough? And I said, honestly, it's not going to power the whole house, but that's a decent generator. It's something, you know, like I can at least not lose an entire beef I have in my basement Because I'll be honest, I was not opening the freezers, and we were in it for the long haul. I was not going to take an entire cow out of my fucking basement and dump it in my yard. Mm. I'm just not going to, unless I absolutely had to. And I knew from experience I had at least 48 hours in there before they started, like, really defrosting and starting to thaw. And so this was about at the 20... The, this is about at the 30-hour mark from when we lost power. And she finds this generator. She says it's 400 bucks. I look at the picture. It looks brand new, like brand new. The picture's in a garage, and I'm like, okay, good. It was garage kept. Let, let's reach out to them. Uh-huh. And I checked the price. It was 450 new. They were asking 400 That's a little steeper than I would have liked to pay, but – Beggars can't be choosers, and my wife was really getting on my case about power in general. Um, so I was like, okay, it's 50 bucks off, essentially. Let me talk to them. They said it had been used once and that their parents used it, and then they moved to Florida and said, fuck all this cold weather. And I was like, okay. So I go over there. On the second pull... Um, it starts right up and I was like, cool, here's your money. And now we got a generator. So I got super lucky, um, on Tuesday, just 
being able to get a generator. So, um, after that though, I'm trying to think what we prepared for. We did go back to Lowe's and, uh, some of the things I bought would probably surprise people. Um, so I bought two five-gallon buckets because my wife used my five-gallon buckets to spray paint in to do her side hustle and essentially ruined them for water. <laughs> and I was like, damn it. So I bought two new five-gallon buckets because people typically, for some reason, nobody was buying buckets. Um, I guess they don't store rain. General water. statement, you can never have... You can never have too many five-gallon buckets. Just no. that out there. Yeah. Um, so I bought some buckets. I bought some outdoor tiki torches, which did great once I took the smoke detectors out. Um, you know, they, they, they heated the house quite nicely. Um, that's not a professional adv advisory. Like, I'm not saying you should take your smoke detectors down, but you know, desperate times. So I got some tiki torches, some fuel for the tiki torches, like oil. Um, I bought uh, four cinder blocks and I bought a new fuel canister for my plumbing torch. I'd be lying if I said I knew what it was. I think it might be butane. I'm not entirely certain. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? That was my phone. Uh, uh, so, yeah, the, the <clears throat> torch was basically just to uh, have an extra one because I needed one anyway. And I knew it would light. It has a long arm on it so I could, like, reach in and light the grill if I needed to or something like that. Um and the center blocks were literally just to make a makeshift fire pit because I could have gone and dug the ones I have out, but for a dollar a piece and already being in the store, I was like, fuck it. It's $4. Like you can never have enough cinder blocks anyway. They're good for your water collection system to get them up off the ground, um, to fill a five gallon bucket and whatnot. So, uh, I bought some of those and then, uh, yeah, that was about it from Lowe's. Nothing crazy. Meanwhile, you know, people are all, like, packed around the generator aisle. They're packed around the heater aisle, all that stuff. Um, yeah. yeah, stuff so, you're not going to find when you're in the middle of the shit. Yeah, so Tuesday was kind of like our day to get back on our feet after my entire Monday was pretty much, you know, wasted. Um as far as, you know, doing stuff around here. Uh, Wednesday, the house dropped to 41 degrees, and that's when the torches came out. I was like, nope, this is a little chilly. Um, and we kind of heated the house back up, hung some partitions up, you know, all that stuff. But that was pretty much the extent of what went right and food food i had plenty of food i wasn't worried about that um we had no milk but i didn't even check because like i love milk i freaking love milk but you know we had orange juice which i'm a big fan of orange juice too i i i believe in drinking a glass a day at least so we were fine with food and whatnot 
but um yeah so hold on can we pause this one second i gotta handle one thing yeah you're good all right so anyway uh that's about what went right for me (laughs) that's about it um well and having the tractor the tractor was game changing um nobody else we wouldn't be out if i didn't have a tractor because nobody has a plow my neighbor down the street has a plow or a tractor but he's a selfish son of a bitch and would probably only plow his way out he's one of those guys he's like not helping anybody and when the collapse happens he'll be the one trying to fend off an army by himself and die and he'll deserve it but anyway um now for like the meat and potatoes what went wrong oh my god (laughs) um even my successes had failures um I definitely had my struggles. So cooking food, really difficult. Um, I was caught with my pants down. I didn't, I have a propane grill and two containers. One container is being used as a doorstop because it's empty. And the other container is attached to the grill and damn near empty. And I was like, well, fuck me. Okay. So um, I had a little bit of propane and that was the only way I had to cook food other than starting a fire, um, which I was prepared to do. I have the wood already split and whatnot, but I just, we weren't at that level yet, you know? Like, we, we hadn't hit that level of seriousness. Um, the second thing, well, the way I'm remedying that is um once this all blows over i think i'm gonna hold five propane tanks full and um get a propane heater as well to run occasionally um inside the house just to keep it bearable i'm not gonna just run it wide open and get the house up to 70 you know if i can keep it above 55 um at night that's really what i'm looking for because we will probably be outside working during the day anyway um the major issue i had with my success of rainwater was the rainwater was freezing um it was freezing at night and thawing during the day so i'm just gonna snag a uh a trough heater an electric trough heater and run it off the generator and just drop it in there that'll keep that from happening again and then i didn't have enough gas cans so five gallons of gas got me 16 hours on the generator um if it was a serious very serious situation i wouldn't run the generator as much as i did this go around but my wife was pretty adamant that that stays running (laughs) so (laughs) um yeah i'm gonna get some more gas cans and you brought up the Jack Spearco method when we first talked about it. If you want to give that rundown, cause I think I am going to do that method. Um, I just think it's the best way to tackle, to eat an elephant. Yeah. So this is definitely, you know, his thing It's you no, know, I didn't come up with it, uh, but it was in one of his 
preparedness episodes. I don't remember which one, to be honest with you. It was a while ago that I heard it. But essentially the idea is, and you do as much or as you can, as like quick as you can. It's not like not everyone's going to have the capital to go out there and do this in one day. But essentially what you do is you get 12 uh, five-gallon gas uh, cans, number them one through 12, and then keep them filled. So you have them all filled, and then as it's one for every month. So with, let's say, you know, February comes around, you take uh, can number two, you fill your, like, fill your vehicle with it, assuming you have, um, you know, a gas vehicle, and then you go and to the, you know, gas station, fill it up, bring it back, and set it back, and then March number three, April four, and, and so on, so on. That way, you always have 60 gallons of gas on hand in an emergency, and because you're you know, at the, at that month, at the end of the beginning of the month, you can, you put it in your vehicle, you're, you're constantly rotating. So it's not sitting there for um, an extremely long amount of time. Um, and it's, you know, like I said, every month you just use it, fill it up. And uh, I said, it's, it's a very good way, I think, to have a, a well-built reserve for when shit really hits the fan. Um, and you know this one as bad as this was like what was it three days you were without power yeah it was it was just about to crack three days yeah so that i mean that's not good that, that obviously um not taking it away from that but like it it could be much worse and if you had to go a week or 10 days like you're gonna need that reserve um so that, that's honestly the best method I've heard, at least for gas anyway. Um, it's just I like the, the fact that you time it on the months. It, it makes it very easy. It's hard to forget. Like, how can you forget to do it? Just one of your monthly routines, you know, empty it, fill it. It's, yeah. I feel like it's very, for what you can get out of it, it's very worth your time to, to do. Yeah, so I only had just north of 20 gallons yeah. of gas total uh, in cans. Um, I had my own little method where I basically fill them up and then somewhere between, you know, four and six months, I would just use it. And it's like, oh, you know, this is an inconvenient time for me to have to go get gas. Like, I don't want to get up early and go get gas in the work in the morning before work. So I'd fill my truck on it. And then I would just throw them in the back of the truck. And on the way home, instead of filling my truck, I would just fill the gas cans and put them back. Um, with 60 gallons of gas, I did the math. I could run the generator for eight days straight. Um, exactly. And in a scenario where you don't have power for eight days, you shouldn't be running it straight anyway. So you're really going to get right. way more time out of that. The other thing, too, you have to think of is the availability of gas. Like Just because you have, you know... Like when the power comes on, or or you can, or not power comes on, but like if just because you can get out and and get into town doesn't mean that they'll have gas. It doesn't mean that you can get gas. So yeah, and that happened to me yesterday. Yeah, think about that too. Yesterday, um, I went to help a friend who lives down two miles of his own road, and it's an old pine plantation, so it's nothing but pine trees and his driveway was so jacked up 
that I accidentally drove past it and got lost for about 30 seconds. And I was like, wait a minute, this isn't right. And I turn around and I look and where his driveway used to be is just a wall of trees. And we cut for probably three hours and only made it 500 feet with two guys. Um, it was brutal. Um, I ended up walking back to his house, um, and kind of giving him, you know, the option of like, Hey, I can cut this side or I can cut that side. I brought some supplies for you. Um, he's like, no, I'm good on supplies. You know, I've got eight months of food. Like, you know, he collects rainwater too. He just started it. So his wasn't as developed as mine, but it was sufficient enough to like get him through this. And, you know, he said, I've got like 500 gallons of fuel or something insane. Like he is a hardcore prepper though, like hardcore. Um, and he doesn't have that in five gallon cans. Like he has a big tank with a, a little hand pump on it. And he, I think he gets a company to come out and fill it up for him. And uh, he just uses it. But however he does it, I'm, I'm not exactly sure of the details, but I know he's got a shitload of fuel. Um, but anyway, uh, when I went to his house yesterday on the way, I was like, okay, well, I'm going out. I've already used about 10 gallons of gas. I'll just top off the generator and take the half empty five gallon and the other five gallon and just fill them up with me on the way. So the first gas station I came to out of power, no gas. Like they probably have it. They just have no power to sell it. So I go to the next one line is ridiculous. Like probably 30 to 40 cars just waiting and I was like, yeah, I ain't got time for that. I don't need it that bad. Like, fuck it. So I go to the next gas station on the way. And right as I'm pulling in, another car hit a hit a work van. And they, like, pull themselves to the side. And everyone had, like, it's one of those moments where everyone gets the big eye. And they start focusing on this one thing. And so they're all focused on this accident. And I was like, well, I'm just going to slip up here into this gas pump because my truck didn't need gas. I just walked up with two gas cans, totally just right through everybody, filled them up. And I was like, well, y'all have a good day. Um, and you know, some people are like, wow, that's not very, very nice of you. And it's like, well, don't confuse my libertarianism ish side with, um, thinking that the world is this benevolent pacifist. No, it's dog eat dog out there. And I'm sorry. Like I'm choosing me and mine over yours and yours every time. Sorry. That's just the way it goes. If I can help you and not um, put myself in a bad spot, I'm definitely going to, if I've got the time, I've got nothing press pressing me. You're in a bad spot. I'll lend you a hand the best I can without, you know, getting in the same boat stuck in a fucking ditch or something. I'll give you a hand, but I'm not, you know, going to hurt my position to get you out and then just leave myself here. Like, Oh, well, fuck me, I guess, you know, I'm not doing that. So I got my gas, but, um, yeah, gas is so short that actually in my County, uh, people are tapping gas tanks of vehicles and stealing gas. Like they're drilling and like tapping into the gas can 
uh, the, the fuel tank of a car and stealing the, the fuel. So, um, gas shortage is a real yeah. thing. And that's what I'm saying. Like it's dog eat dog out there. Like keep your guard up. That's, that's just my opinion. Like I'm not a very trusting person. Anyone who knows me, like I don't trust people very easily. Um, situational awareness man. and if you want to see the ugly ugly side of society like gas shortages are <laughs> probably the number one thing i mean i i guess if you got a real food shortage you'd see it but i i've yeah. seen i i've never really seen a true gas shortage but i've seen in my life in my short i guess 26 years i've seen like extremely high gas prices lead to shit I've seen temporary closures lead to some serious shit. Like it's like when people can't get gas, they just lose their fucking minds. Yeah. So, uh, let's see. So that, that was another issue. I didn't have enough gas cans. So that's how I'm going to remedy that. Um, and honestly, I may not do the once a month thing. I may wait for like March to come around and wait for this, you know, snow fear to go away before this, uh, you know, summer storm power outage type scenario comes into play. And I may buy just like 10 gas cans and probably won't fill them all up at once, but like I'll, I'll fill them up over time and get it going. Uh, let's see. The next issue I definitely had was heat. If you couldn't tell, I actually physically wrote this down, not for the podcast, but, uh, I'll explain why, um, here in a little bit, but yeah, heat was a major issue. Like I said, I'm going to snag a propane heater. Um, and my wife is one of those people that just really from time to time needs a, a hot bath or a hot shower, hot shower probably isn't happening but I can probably give her a hot bath. I've got a turkey fryer uh, moving forward. I'll probably just, you know, heat up some rainwater on it. And I mean, I'll give her the best I can, but uh, that kind of leads to the last thing I learned, which is probably the most important. Um, well, not like the last thing I learned, but the last thing that I wrote down that I really want to address. And that is the threshold of tolerance amongst you and yours i am perfectly comfortable in a house at 40 degrees it doesn't bother me i can say that i've done it done it before not the first time probably won't be the last actually it might be the last now but um <laughs> you know it really doesn't bother me that much uh 40 degrees is tolerable i work outside rob and i work outside together all day every day uh, depending on the time of year, it can be 105. It can be five. Like it, it's, it's just what I'm used to. Um, my wife is not at the same level of tolerance that I am. And I, in the past thought, well, when the situation arises, she's just going to have to toughen up. Some people aren't built that way. I mean, they will to an extent, um, but if you have kids or a wife or, you know, a, a girly husband, um, recognize that their comfort level may not be where yours is at. And if you're kind of the, uh, not like the man of the house, but you're kind of filling that provider role and you're the one in your household that's really trying to prepare for this stuff, 
you need to recognize that if you care about them, you should be doing everything you can to keep them comfortable because if they're uncomfortable, they're already miserable. They already don't want to help. They don't want to help you do more things when they're miserable and become more miserable. If you can keep them in an area where they're, even if it's 10 degrees warmer and you can keep them in an environment where their morale is at least pretty high and their spirits are good, they're going to be far more likely to contribute and like go out. And it's like, Hey, I've got to go clear the road with the chainsaw it would really help me if you could, you know, rotate the chickens or rotate the pigs, move the cattle, whatever, um, you know, just to really help divide up that workload. Cause I, I can tell you it's a lot like a homestead in good weather is, is a lot of work. Like it, it really is a homestead in this scenario is brutal. It is backbreaking work, you know, hundred pound feed sacks through the snow on your back. Like it's just a, it's a, it's a multiplier of misery. <laughs> um, so I can't really speak enough to keeping your loved ones comfortable. And so for me, that was a generator and that was the ability to, when we woke up the the day after, we didn't have a generator yet. But in Foresight, I brewed an entire pot of coffee and locked it in a half-gallon Yeti, and I filled that bitch up to the top. And the next morning when it was 48 degrees and my wife was shivering and she saw me walk over with a steaming cup of coffee, that went a long way. You know, like that was a big morale booster, even though it wasn't pumpkin frop frappe latte spice like it wasn't what she normally drinks it was black coffee but it it went a long way into like getting her started um and the same was when we hooked up the generator and i was able to turn some of the things that matter to her on like uh certain lights and I was like, hey, now we can make hot tea in the coffee machine. Like, you can watch TV. Like, the internet is working, so you can physically communicate with the outside world. Like, um, that was that was pretty crucial. Um, that was a turning point in this in this three day adventure we had. So, um, I think that's that's probably the biggest thing I can learn from your experience. Uh, I, I don't think I would have prepared for that very well. And I think it would have bit me in the ass. She's in the sure. room, isn't she? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't you can't say this stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> got to speak in in uh, in code. Exactly, but yeah, it's uh, it's, I mean, it's real. Yeah, it's, it's important for sure. It really is, you know. And you know, really, all if you read about it or listen to it, a lot of the stuff is about you know getting that level of comfort up. like that is is an important even to the you know the one who's doing all the work and clearing roads and shit like you need to be comfortable too because over time if you just if you're constantly stressed and and putting yourself through work all day like you're gonna get tired of it you know it's it's you gotta keep everyone's morale up for like those periods where it's like extended amounts of time yeah and I don't know if it's because of like what I've gone through in life or how I was raised, but like 
I took a hot shower when this was all pretty much behind us. And honestly, I didn't enjoy it that much. I kind of missed the simplicity of it all. Like I wasn't working. Um, you know, that's a whole nother topic right there. I had enough money set aside, um, prepped, if you will, set aside mm-hmm. in savings that like when it came down to it, going without work for a week, I have several weeks, uh, maybe a little more than that saved up. And I was able to not stress. It was like, oh shit, the power's out. We're going to fucking die of thirst. We're going to freeze to death. And then we're going to lose the house that we froze to death in because I don't have any money. Like, you know, set some aside for this kind of stuff. Like these things happen, especially if like you're like us and you work outside and it's weather dependent, these things are going to happen. Um, so the last thing, uh, I wrote down and I kind of forgot that I wrote it down and, um, during this whole thing to make matters even more complicated, my wife had some sort of uh, bubble appear on her eyeball, like a medical issue. And um, it turned out to be just some very uh, like non-serious, like infection of some kind. And uh, it got me thinking like, you know, I'm a former paramedic. I have, things that would blow most people's mind uh, when it comes to medical gear. Like I'm pretty damn prepared for most medical situations, but I never thought like, Oh, I should probably have eye drops, like antibacterial eye drops or like um, anything for like the less serious stuff. Well, even more serious, just like things you don't really think about. So that's definitely something I'm going to, that requires a Yeah, that's, that's a lot of upkeep too. Cause like, you know, you gotta make sure it's, you know, within expiration day, you gotta make sure, you know, stuff doesn't go bad. And that's probably one of the harder things to actually keep up with is just like having that supply stash of basic medical needs. I'm not even talking about emergency. I'm just talking about like the basic stuff and then, you know, making sure that it's always, still good to go because when you need it, you need it. You know, at that point you can't do anything about it. Yeah. I don't worry too much about expiration dates. That's just me personally. Um, I don't either, but like it can, it can affect the, uh, potency of it. Like, yeah, the, the, you, it can affect the medicine's ability to actually like the level of help it provides you. I can't, I can't, I'm yeah. lost the words for that, but you know. So let's say you have medicine <clears throat> X and you need 15 milligrams and that's one capsule or whatever. And it's expired by five years. Like, it's not like taking that medicine is going to make you grow a second head and like right. die of some crazy mutation. It's like, instead of 15 milligrams, it might be three. Like yeah. it's, it's far less effective over time. And um, you don't know you don't know that it's three like you don't know yeah. what exactly you're getting out of it and then, you know yeah um, there are some books you know they're called like when there is no doctor or when there is no dentist um, I've been like the freaking generator I've been meaning to buy one uh, or buy a couple 
but I just haven't gotten around to it. But that's something I wrote down. Like I'm actually going to buy those books. Um, my reading list is so long right now. I probably won't read them until it, I need them. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll be like flipping through the pages. Like there is no doctor and this person has gonorrhea. I don't know. I'm just making <laughs> something up. <laughs> so yeah, that, that's pretty much what I've learned through all this. That's, I give myself a solid seven out of 10. I mean, I had a lot of the basics covered. I didn't have a generator, but I was able to get one. Um, be, and the only reason I got one is because there were a few factors. One, I did the work up front to make sure I could get out when nobody else could. When nobody else was able to get out, I had already cleared the way. I had already gotten all the fuel I needed because I had it. I didn't have to run to a gas station. I was running to get a generator. And I was still late to the party. And, um, you know, the only reason we really got one is the teamwork between me and my wife. Like, if she hadn't just checked Facebook, we wouldn't have gotten one. Um, so... Yeah, I, I would say a solid 7 out of 10. Like, we weren't going to die of thirst. We weren't going to die of starvation. Yeah, the house was cold, but we weren't going to freeze to death. Um, you know, I had some emergency last-ditch uh, plans that I could have Im- implemented just in case, and we would be fine. Um, not, you know, saying we could have made it the entire winter and not frozen to death, but we definitely would have been okay for, like, several weeks um at least in this environment because virginia just doesn't get that cold it gets cold but like nine five twelve those numbers are are usually really short-lived and like right now i think it's 45 outside like that's that's already warm enough that it would like warm the house the other thing we did honestly is so our southern exposure is the back of the house and that we have a lot of windows back there. We would open the windows and let the sun beat down on our dark floors. We have really dark floors and it would heat the house up. And then when the sun went down, we would close the, we would go back and re uh, dress the windows to cover them back up so that, we didn't lose that heat through the glass and it actually worked really well. Um, the first day we just left them up and the house never really got warm, but the second day we took them down and the house warmed up significantly and they were both about the same temperature outside. So, um, you know, that, that was a really a good thing. I guess we implemented that. Um, so, yeah, and I think for the you know the post show story, we'll kind of explain that. But you got you kind of got like I got fucked put, put behind the eight ball on some of it too because you know you were like you still had power when you were first starting to get out there and, and do stuff, and then like people threw fucking wrenches into your plan. So like honestly, like the, your ability to overcome was was very high in this situation. You know. So. I- First of all, thank you. Uh, second of all, I, I have to agree. Like, my preparedness definitely lacked. But 
I, the ability to overcome hardship, like, I feel like I knocked that one out of the park. Like, through the grace of God, a bunch of luck, like, I was able to get a lot more done than I probably should have been able to get done. But, like, from the moment I woke up at 5 o'clock, every day the power was out to the moment I went to bed, which, you know, I don't even know. It was probably, like, 8.30, <laughs> Like I was working when the sun went down, like I was working by headlamp. Like I, I refused to not make it like I refused to not make it work. And, um, I'm really, really glad that I was able to like power through despite what happened. And for the, for the non-Patreon listeners, I'm sorry, some stories you just don't get, and it's not that it's a paywall to block you, but sometimes we got to protect ourselves too. So I'll leave it at that. And uh, is there anything you want to add before we get into this, uh, the Odyssey? No, I think we, uh, we about covered it. Yeah, guys, uh, guys and girls, learn from, learn from me. Uh, you know, I'm a big advocate for preparation in general. And just because you prep and you're like, yeah, you know, I, I do the buy, use one, buy two working pantry, rainwater, all that shit goes wrong. And like, you have to be able to adapt. And, you know, if you can't prepare for everything, which nobody can, you've got to adapt. Um, and I think, uh, this was, this was, I'm so thankful I, I, that this happened because this was like a, a trial run. How many times do you get to actually to, to run, do a trial? Like some people are like, oh, shut the power off on your house. Nobody's fucking doing that. Like realistically, no one's doing that. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, like I said, just, you can't stress preparation enough to get, you know. It yeah, and like make it a lot easier than trying to like, you know, come from behind. I know a couple that's got like a very very nice whole house Generac generator with a propane tank. It automatically kicks on when the power goes out. Guess what didn't kick on when the power went out? Oh shit. Yeah. Eggs, one basket, basket got dropped. Luckily, their power was only out for like a couple hours because they're not in our area. They're like uh, further north, but and they didn't get hit very hard. But, you know, like it's great if you have a whole house generator, but you got to have some contingency. Like if I, in theory, had a whole house generator, it's not like I'd be like, oh, well, fuck rainwater. I don't need rainwater anymore. I would still be collecting rainwater. Like it's nice to have contingencies. Yeah. So I actually learned a little bit about that uh, throughout this event, you know, with family members having it and all that. Um, for those people who don't know, like, it, it, their generator, quote-unquote, runs a test every week. That is purely the motor in the generator. It's not actually testing whether it'll kick the on transfer. and provide. Yeah, it's not testing whether it'll provide you power in the case of a true outage. So. That's probably not new to anybody, but just general statement for that. The one thing I learned, though, was through my dad, they have a whole house generator. He actually paid more 
for, and I haven't seen it, so it's kind of hard to explain, but essentially, like, and you, with your electrical background, you might be able to explain it, but I always assumed or well, it was my understanding that the automatic transfer switch that basically kicks the generator on when the power goes out was like just behind the panel. It wasn't something you had to, to actually flip on. Well, he has a, like a, another box that has, and again, he yes. paid extra for this, but he can actually flip a switch and simulate that power actually going out and it tests the actual the generator's ability to provide power. So yeah, I, I'll yeah. I'll say if you if you are looking at a home a whole house generator, probably worth the money to, to invest in that part because I don't think it's not standard. It yeah, may be now. I mean that was a couple of years ago, but so that couple um, I was telling you about mm-hmm. the reason their generator their generator kicked on. It never transferred the power to the house though. And the reason being is um, there is a box that has a lock on it where there's a fuse and that fuse blew. And that's why it didn't transfer. The Generac who makes their generator in the system and put it in didn't tell them that. So... They didn't have any fuses. They didn't have the, the key to unlock it. None of that. They didn't, they didn't have a way to cut the lock. Oh, um, my God. Yeah. So they were like, you know, kind of at the mercy of the situation they had been dealt. And even if they had cut the lock, they had no fuse. So the, if you have a whole house generator and you're listening like, ha, plebs, like, I'm not going to have to deal with that. You may want to investigate your system and get some of those fuses in stock, like for yourself, like have a couple on hand. Oh yeah. That's personally like, I'm not a big advocate of whole house generators personally. Like if you can afford them in their propane, that's great. Go for it. Like whatever. But I literally, People are going to burn me down for this, I'm sure. I literally just want the Wi-Fi and, like, to charge my cell phone and make coffee because I'm not going to run the the stove, which is electric. I'm not going to run the heat. Like, I don't have the money to get a generator to do that. So instead, I bought a grill. I can get some more propane. I can get a propane heater. And you know what? That'll get me through. Like, it'll be okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think my plan moving like for the future is if you, I want to get a generator big enough, you know, run the the the, the inlet line to a uh, like manual switches, and I just want to be able to power like the basic stuff in the house. Like if you use LED lights, like they're yep. efficient. You can pretty much run yep. all the lights. Um, you don't need to run the stove, the AC, any of that shit. Just basic stuff you need, and the well pump is really what I would want to have running. Yeah, not and to, see, not relying on it, but if I can get that running, I would. I'd want it running. You know. Yeah, my generator <clears throat> could support the well. It would be really hard. Um, I don't know much about this, but according to my dad, who's uh, an electrical contractor, he owns his own business. Um, 
he said it would power the well, but that's probably all it would power. I don't see how that is. Um, I'm, I'm trusting him just cause you know, he's a professional and very good at what he does. Um, I'm trusting him, but I ran all three of my freezers and a bunch of led lights. Now, you know, led lights, like you said, they don't pull hardly anything. So that was super easy, but I'll be honest what I ran. I ran the Wi-Fi. I ran some phone chargers. Uh, I ran some led lights and I ran the television. <laughs> That's what I ran. And I yeah. got to, I got to watch the season finale of Yellowstone. So I was fucking happy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean that, that's the kind of stuff that you like. You should be able to run with a decent sized generator, and then you know, like I said before, the the well would be the only other thing that I would try to. Yeah, and for me, I, I'm know. just I'm writing that off. Like that's just a conscious decision. I'm not saying like your decision is wrong. I'm not saying anyone who agrees with you is wrong, and I'm not saying that I'm right. I'm just saying personally, fuck the well. Like I've got unless. I, I like the idea of having it as an option. So I will admit that, especially like if I was in a drought and the power went out, I'd be fucked. But, you know, um, I've never ran out of water here. Never. In the time I've been collecting water, I have had so many times where I just let it run over the container and down the, down the backyard and it floods down in the bottom of, of my property just cause I have, I already have like so many containers full of water. It's like, I, I, there's no way, there's no way. Like I, I would buy more containers. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. But I, I do totally get what you're saying though, about having it as a contingency. Um, you know, we were going to end this episode forever ago, but like the other thing is wood stoves, Trigy's wood stove. He said he would have been fucked without it. A lot of people were taking warm baths by heating water on the wood stove. They were cooking on the wood stove, heating their house with the wood stove. I wish I had a wood stove. I really do. I just, my house is not set up for one. Ideally I could shove it in the basement, but like I said, it's an option. I'm going to go the other route and just get a propane heater like whatever, you know, to each their own. My next house will have a wood stove. Well, it probably won't have a wood stove. It'll have a wood furnace. Um, but that's a topic for another day. Yeah. Um, trying to think if there was anything else. It seemed like one more thing popped up into my mind. Um, but I, I can't seem to recall it at the moment. Oh, yes, I can. Last thing I'll say, um, I said it before, I said it again. There, there have been months recently where it's like, damn, I really shouldn't have bought a tractor. I'm so, so thankful I bought a tractor. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> a tractor with a locking differential, four-wheel drive, ag tires, a bucket for the front end loader and a angle blade and a box blade. The shit you can do with a tractor is awesome. If you're, if you're in a scenario where you think you can justify one, do it. 
buy it, even if it's used, even if it's old, get one that's four-wheel drive. If you can get one that has the pedal to step on to lock the rear, do it. Just get one. I mean, I was, um, you know, you don't plow snow with a bucket on a tractor um, unless you got a monster tractor, which I don't. I just used an angle blade and, you know, plowed it behind me. You can flip it around and use the back of the blade to just kind of get the top so you're not killing your road. And then when you really want to dig deep, flip it back around and cut down. And then, so essentially I would plow with the angle blade, dragging it behind me. And then uh, whenever I wanted to like just do some uh, more finesse type work, I had the bucket and I would just use the bucket and it was awesome. I have a Bobcat 2025 tractor and man, that thing has not let me down. I mean, it's just such a nice machine. I love Bobcat far less, far more affordable than like John Deere and Kubota. They both make really nice tractors, but for the money, my John Deere or my John Deere, my Bobcat has like done phenomenal and I'm so thankful I bought it. Yeah, no, I knew that you might have times where you're like, oh, like maybe I, this wasn't worth it. But in the end, I think it will always, situations like these will remind you like, yeah, it's it's nice to have. Yeah. And it's like some people would say, well, you can plow with a four-wheeler. Like we did that when I was growing up with my dad. And like he had a Kawasaki Brute Force, like one of the biggest four-wheelers they made. And plowing snow just absolutely destroyed that four wheeler, like they're not meant to do that, you know, they're, they're just not, you know, they can, they can, but you know, I can hammer a screw with a hammer. doesn't mean I should. Um, so like I, I just, the tractor was, was game changing. It, uh, it, it was, uh, it was crucial. It really without the tractor, Without the tractor, there would have been no generator. There would have been uh, no supply runs, no nothing. It would have been pretty pretty bad, and I'm still not sure I'd be able to get out. Mm. So, yep. But for uh, for the most part, I think that's it. Um, yeah. I mean, I could go on and on about my buddy's preps and how set up he is. I mean, solar generator, like he's got a solar generator that he he literally just walked the panels out into the yard and stuck them in the snow and was like, boom, generator's active. I was like, damn, like that's that's slick as shit, man. Like yeah, no gas, nice. no nothing. He just shoved the snow panel or the snow panel, the uh, the solar panel down in the ground and was like, yep, I've got power. I was like, God dang, that's slick. Mm. You know, and then he used it to power a pump to pump water from the river up to the house, like in addition to rainwater. I mean, the dude is just on a whole nother level. Like he's just, he's a machine when it comes to prepping. So but anyway, uh, for the Patreon supporters, stay tuned for a story, a, a damn good one, I feel like. And uh, to everyone else, I hope it was, I hope it was beneficial. Um, 
and you can learn something from my mistakes and, you know, some of my successes and, you know, maybe you have, uh, even better ideas and, uh, you know, share them with us. You can find me on uh, Instagram at Appalachian Agorist. You can hit me up for the discord information, tons of, tons of good info in there. Um, a lot of experts on different things and, uh, Honestly, I'm not even on Twitter hardly at all anymore, but feel free to follow us. I just, honestly, I, I don't, I don't get on. <laughs> so yeah, you good? Yeah, I'm good. All right. Till next time, guys. In the